Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Thrive Church. We're so glad you are here. Uh, I look forward to this time every single week. Uh, Why don't you just give someone a virtual high five, a thumbs up, throw a little emoji high five in the comment. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. If if this is your first time, if you're new here to Thrive, uh, welcome. Know that there is a place for you. You're not looking in from the outside in there. You belong. We're so glad you are here. And hey, today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. You guys are champions. You guys are heroes. So today we honor you. We are so thankful for you. And everybody can say this about their mom. We would not be here without you. So we are just, uh, we love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. I just want to give a shout out to Jessica and Kimberly as well. Uh, Thank you so much for taking those uh, doorstep pictures for Mother's Day. Uh, We love our moms and as a church, we're just so glad that we could do that for our moms. Now, we're, today we're continuing our series, Quarantine Cuts. Now, last week, if you missed it, you can still watch it on demand. I gave myself a quarantine cut. Now, after watching about two YouTube videos, I decided, okay, I'm giving myself a quarantine cut. Didn't turn out too bad, but that's what I did. And I think during this time, not only can we leave hair behind in this time, but there's things that we can cut off in our lives, trim off in our lives so that we don't just survive, but that we actually thrive. That we uh, don't just survive, but that we will actually thrive and flourish in the midst of what's happening around us and on the other side. And you know, it's not just trying to cut things off your life on your own and I got to do it, but it's actually partnering and co-laboring with God. And he's the one who actually does uh, the trimming, the cutting in our life. Uh, John 15, one to two, it says this, it says, I am the true grapevine. And my father is the gardener. This is Jesus speaking. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So it is God who prunes us, who trims us, who gives us really the quarantine cut. And it's us really just partnering with him, walking with him, working with him, watching how he does it. And he will cut those things off of our lives through his word, his spirit, speaking to us. Um, And as we just do life with Jesus through this time and beyond that, he'll just trim things off of our life so that we can really thrive. Now we, we got the word quarantine, the English word quarantine from uh, the Latin and Spanish word, both which actually mean 40. So uh, all throughout the Bible, there's many instances of where 40 is mentioned. Noah, uh, 40 days, 40 nights, he's on a boat. Ooh, bad time for a cruise ship, Noah. Uh, Moses on the Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights. Uh, Israel wa- wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights in the desert. And last week we looked at how um, after Jesus was resurrected 40 days on earth and how he cut off self-reliance so that they could rely on the spirit of God. There's over 150 times. So uh, many times when 
40 is mentioned, it's actually they're facing trials, challenges, or going through a preparation season. So throughout this series, we're talking about quarantine cuts, looking at where times where there is 40, 40 days, 40 years, um, and how uh, God uses those times to prune, to trim, and to cut. And we're going to look at actually a couple instances where uh, people didn't allow pruning at all, um, and they took it for granted. But today, the title of my message is Familiar Thankfulness. Familiar Thankfulness. During this, this time, um, that I think one thing that's become evident in my life is I've taken things for granted. Have you found this? Like when you realize there are things that you've just taken for granted before all of this happened, maybe a hug, coffee with friends, getting, gathering uh, in person for church, um, you know, just walking around and not having to social distance or just walking through Costco just to walk through Costco. I love that. And then taking the little snacks. Mm -mm -mm. One day this too shall pass. But the other thing that I realized that I took for granted was going to the barber, right? Going to the barber. There were so many things that I realized that I've taken for granted um, in this season. Now that we're in this season and maybe you have too. Um, have you done that? Maybe why don't you just just try and put in the comments if there's something that you thought, hey, this is something that I realized that I was taking for granted before this time. James 1.17 says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. So every good gift is from above. Every good gift is from God. However, often I think a gift can become familiar or normal and we can start taking them for granted, valuing them less. I would say it's like the new car effect. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you got a new car or a new to you car or maybe you know someone who did and the rule was you get the car. No one is eating in here at all. No one can even look at this thing with food. You're not taking this Slurpee in here. Uh-uh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You stepped in dirt? No, take your shoes off. No, you're not bringing them in here. You're not putting them in the trunk. Leave them outside. You made the choice. We're going, right? And, and you like, there's the parameters. But then what happens? Maybe a week, two weeks, three months, maybe a year. But then you start like, oh, I could really just go for a drive through right now. And you're like, well, I'm just going to do this one time, but be very careful. And then you do it, right? And then before you know it, it just goes on that somehow all your kids are eating Cheetos, wiping their hands on the ceiling, and everybody has a Slurpee. You're going over speed bumps, not letting anybody know. And why is because eventually... You become familiar with that car and something that you once valued and once you had the, the, that, hey, no one's eaten in here. Now, because you became familiar with it, you treat it differently. You treat, uh, treat it like, hey, bring your Cheetos in here. It's okay. Uh, but because you become familiar. And we actually see this new car effect happen with an ancient king in Israel named Solomon. 
Uh, he ruled around ni uh, 970 to 930 BC, 40 years. Uh, his predecessor was his dad, David. Uh, the same, that David, yes, the one who killed Goliath, was the king, the man after God's own heart. So he had some shoes to fill. Solomon had some shoes to fill as, as king. So when Solomon became king, God came to him in a dream and said, Solomon, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want um, that you ask of me. And this is what it said. It says uh, in 1 Kings 3, 7, Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king in, uh, instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For uh, who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? So God says, Solomon, what would you like? And he says, what I would like is for a understanding heart, a, a listening ear, wisdom, and so Solomon's super humble. He's like, God, he values God. He values uh, the people that God has put him in charge of and to lead so much so that he says, God, I need wisdom. Um, and this is what God says to Solomon. He says, and I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else had, has had or ever will have. I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king will be, king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. So because uh, he asked for wisdom that God said, I'm going to give you something you didn't ask for, honor and wealth as well. And this is exactly what happened to Solomon. He was flourishing. He was thriving. He had wisdom. Solomon operated in great godly wisdom that caused the kingdom to thrive. He wrote, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs known as the book of wisdom. There's some great wisdom in there. He had honor from uh, and a reputation from other nations around the world that so much so that the queen of Sheba came to see him because she didn't believe how good this guy was. She heard the rumors and were like, uh-uh, he's not this way. I'm checking it out for myself. So she went down there and she is amazed by his wisdom, how his court operated, just his wealth. She is taken back. So he has honor amongst his world leader peers, amongst his people, and also he had great wealth. Solomon became very wealthy, operating in wisdom and discernment. He was one of the richest kings in history. Google it, right? The Bible tells us of his wealth. And today, if you were to uh, convert all the gold that he had, it would be around $2 trillion, $2 trillion US dollars. I don't even know what that is in Canadian dollars, but it's a lot. Right? And that could buy you a lot of Zoom stock, a lot of Apple stock. He was wealthy. So he is thriving. Um, he's governing in the place that God had put him. Uh, God gave him a gift of a discerning heart and wisdom. And because of that gift, uh, God, he also received great wealth, honor from nations, wisdom, wrote Proverbs. He was flourishing. Yet somewhere in the later years of Solomon's 40-year rule, something changed. Something changed because things were going so good. And then this happens. 
In First Kings 11, it says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Siddim, and uh, from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyways. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. One, this is a crazy story. Like, dude has 700 wives, 300 concubines. It sounds like a, a series on TLC. My thousand, wife, uh, my thousand wife life this Thursday on TLC at 9 p.m., right? Not only is it crazy that he's got 700 wives, but also that he is now going against the Mosaic law, against what God has said about marrying all these, the, all these other women, these foreign women. And now back in those times, marrying uh, other royal women, it, it was like a way of peace between nations. So he was making peace on his own and actually against how God was doing, how, how God instructed. And the thing that stands out to me about that scripture though is this is that his heart turned from God. I asked this question as reading it. What happened there? Like, what was the lead up to cause that to happen? Like from God, I need your wisdom and discernment for my heart, you know, to going against the very wisdom that Solomon wrote in Proverbs, the opposite of the discerning heart to, to really, to turn his heart from God. How did he get there? How did he, how did he go? Like he was thriving. He was doing so well. He had honor and respect. He had great wealth achievements. He like built a, a temple for God. He had great wisdom, but what changed? What happened? I think the gift that God gave Solomon became familiar and normal in his life. God gave Solomon the gift of discerning heart or wisdom and Solomon took the gift of God and God for granted. In taking it for granted, he valued the gift of God less. When, when he did that, he missed out on what I believe what God had for him. When Solomon took that for granted, the wisdom of God and started to do things in his own strength, it started his downfall, really. You know, at first Solomon, he valued the, uh, the Lord's gift of wisdom, discernment, and he was thankful. We see that throughout scripture, that he operated in that godly wisdom. Because of Solomon receiving that gift of discernment, of wisdom, that produced wealth, honor. And, but then these things became familiar in his life, became normal in his life. It became familiar and normal part of just his daily life. And I, I see that Solomon no longer valued the same, them the same, and I think he took it for granted. In taking God and the gift of God for granted and valuing it less than when Solomon was first king. And that started his downfall. Solomon didn't finish his quarantine 40 uh, strong. Instead, it was finished in some chaos and his best days were behind him. 
In the latter years of his life, um, he stopped valuing the gift that God gave. And we see that Solomon actually lost his purpose. In Ecclesiastes, um, he writes, what is the meaning of life? Everything's vanity, vanity, vanity. He lost the purpose and direction in his life when the gift of God became familiar and lost the value of God's gift and even lost the value for God. This account of Solomon's 40-year reign, I think, highlights two things. The first thing it highlights is when Solomon valued the gifts of God, he thrived. When he valued the gifts that God gave him, he thrived. And the second thing is when the gift God had given him became familiar and a normal place in his life, he took it for granted, valued it less and, and leading to his downfall and even loss of purpose. I think familiarity left on its own will lead to taking things for granted. When you take things for granted, you value them less, you treat them differently, right? That new car effect. And like Solomon, I think you can miss out on what God has for you in that time. The uh, purpose, I think purpose is tied to valuing the gift that God has given you right now. John uh, or James 1.17 says this, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from a God, our father who created us all the light in heavens. He created. He never changes and never casts a shifting shadow. Today, every good and perfect gift comes from above. You know, the beauty of uh, around you is a gift from God in nature. Your family is a gift from God. Your job is a gift from God for provision. Your health, your talents, people, you know, uh, your life. This day is actually a gift from God, right? However, I think familiarity left alone will cause us to take things that are present in our life for granted and start valuing them less because they're familiar and common. You know, during this quarantine time, social distancing time, I found that myself that I've actually started to realize that more value for things for going for walks, seeing people's faces, like just to see someone's face. I'm like, I see you in person, right? Uh, gathering together in church, uh, my job, you know, family going to the park, right? Um, thinking back to when I could just walk around in Costco, those were the days, you know, have you found yourself valuing things differently right now? or even getting enjoyment out of the smaller things in life that at one time were more common to you. Now I would say, why is this? Because some of those things are not as common in our life right now, or not as familiar in your life during these times. Right now, it'd be, it, I think it's easy to see value in these things because many of these things are not common or we're not able to do all of them in our life right now. But what happens when this passes? What happens when all of this passes? Because this too will end. This whole pandemic will end. We will get to the other side. But what happens when those things that we're valuing that aren't so common, what happens when they become common again? Seeing your family, 
our job, going for a walk, going for a coffee, or giving a hug, gathering together in church as a person, whatever it may be, what will happen to how we value those things when they are common around us again, when they become familiar around us again? If left on its own, I believe familiarity will cause us to take those things for granted once again and lessen the value we see in them. I believe in order to cut taking those things for granted, those familiar things for granted, we need to do this, is have familiar thankfulness, familiar thankfulness, to give thanks to God for those things that are familiar in your life, to give thanks to God to, for those things that are familiar to God. First Thessalonians 5, 16 says, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. When we make thanking God for those things that are familiar in our life, I believe it develops in you an attitude of gratitude. It keeps value on the gifts that God has given in your life. When you have from, uh, familiar thankfulness, thanking God daily for those things that we are familiar uh, in your life with, it'll cause you to keep value and perspective that this is God's gift for me. When you're having challenges at work, God, I thank you that you are using this job to provide for me and my family. When you're stuck in traffic, when traffic comes back, you'll be, God, thank you that I have a car to be stuck in traffic with, right? When your kids are somehow doing a Spider-Man and climbing on the roof, you'll be, God, thank you that I have my kids, right? When, you're going, when your wife says, hey, let's go for a walk or go to the park after a long day and all what you want to do is just lay on the couch, watch Netflix, but you say, God, thank you that I can go out for a very long walk, longer than I anticipated. Thank you. <laughs> when your job says, hey, can you do overtime? You're like, thank you, God, that you are providing for me. I think thankfulness causes value to be put in those things that are familiar or common in our life. It reminds us that this is a gift from God. This is actually part of God's plan for my life. When you have uh, familiar thankfulness, not only will it cut off those things that you've taken for granted, it will produce joy in your life, even in the little things, even in the little things. And you'll see God's purpose and plan in those things that are familiar around you. When we have familiar thankfulness to God, you will be able to see the value and cherish the gifts that God gives you uh, from the big to the small. Now, if I'm honest, one aspect in my life that I can take for granted, and maybe you can, you've done this too, but is this is, is actually God. Because it, he's familiar. Like, he's always with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. He loves me. I know that his mercy, his voice. But because 
it can be familiar. I think at times we can too take it, take him for granted when it comes. And, and even at times, maybe even put less value on, on God. And then he has a different place and priority in our life. Now we can actually make a shift. If that is you today and make a shift from familiarity to thankfulness and we do it in uh, First Chronicles, it says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful, faithful love endures forever. Thanking God causes us to put value, reprioritize him, put, put our focus onto him. God, thank you for your love today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for Jesus. You know, daily having familiar thankfulness thanking and praising him uh, for him and for the gifts that God has given you will, will then build that in your life, will cause you to cut out taking things for granted and instead walk in faithful, thankfulness, freedom, joy, being able to actually enjoy those little things and those big things where you are right now. We will develop an attitude of gratitude value and cutting off those things that we take for granted, allowing you to enjoy and flourish where you are right now. Because I believe that thriving is not a destination, that you thrive, it's a process, that you go through a process and thrive with God. And having, um, having thankfulness, being thankful as you're going through it will allow you to thrive, allow you to see what God is doing, allow you to enjoy where you are right now. Enjoy the moments that you have right now. You know, maybe this last bit of time has been a challenge or a struggle for you. I want to encourage you for this. Look for something that is familiar right now and say, God, thank you for that. God, thank you for that. Maybe it's, God, thank you that I have more time with my family. Maybe, thanks God that, you know what? I've been so busy. Now, thanks God for a slower pace right now. Maybe, thanks God for the less of a commute. I just roll out of bed and go down to my office or to my couch, right? Thank you, God, for my health, for working things out. Thank you that, that I'm a part of Thrive Church, a church community. Thank you, God, for your promises. Thank you, God, that if it isn't finished, it means you're not done. You know, Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is a gift from God for you. And we can have familiar thankfulness to Him. When we thank God for those things that are familiar or common in our life, it develops an attitude of gratitude and keeps value on the gifts that God has given in your life. When you have uh, familiar thankfulness, thanking God daily for those things that are familiar in your life, it will cause you to keep value, perspective, keep your heart towards Him so that no matter what season of life you're in, that you will thrive, have his joy, his perspective, and know, know what? God's going to use this as part of his plan for me. And his plan for you today, know this, it is good. It is for hope. It is a plan of hope, a future. God loves you. As you do this, you'll, uh, it will allow you to enjoy and flourish in the gifts that God has given to you today.
Know that God loves you today. If you're here and you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity today. Or maybe just life has happened and you just want to hit the reset button. I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Jesus, I want to do life with you. Because Jesus has come to give you life and life to the full. Not governed or set by what's happening around you, but set by what Jesus has done. His love and his finished works on the cross. That today you can come boldly to God and have a relationship with you, with him. If you're here today and you'd like say, hey, Josiah, I'd like to make Jesus Lord of my life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross, rising again. Thank you for your love. Thank you for filling me with your peace, your love, and your presence. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time, we'd love to connect with you, um, let you know what happened as well, that heaven's actually rejoicing. There are ex- heaven's ecstatic, and I'm ecstatic too. If you, I think I said ecstatic wrong, but hey, if you uh, prayed that prayer, I'm so thrilled. We'd love to connect with you, let you know what happened uh, inside, that your spirit is actually a new creation today. Now, before we go, I want to just pray for everyone watching. No, we love you. God is for you. And that today is actually a gift from God for you. That God has good things for you. And that we can actually have familiar thankfulness. Thank God today for those familiar things. Father, I just thank you for every single person watching. Father, I thank you that you love us. Father, I thank you just for your peace to just guard hearts, Father. Father, I thank you for your love being shed abroad in hearts that casts out all fear. Father, I thank you just for um, provision for those believing for jobs or contracts. Father, I thank you, God, for just peace in the home. Father, I thank you that you love us, that you've got good plans, and that today we acknowledge that today is a gift from you. And we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you for just your spirit right now, just bringing peace, comfort, joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, know we love you. Know that God is for you. And I'm so glad that we had this time together. Love you. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. I hope that you enjoyed the service. I want to remind you to join us from 8 to 8.15, Monday to Thursdays for our Thrive Group Lives. It's just 15 minutes of awesome encouragement and connecting with our Thrive Church community. Enjoy your day.